Welcome. You're listening to The Pulse, a Merge podcast series that inspires clinical thought leaders to share best practices on their pursuit to delivering standards of care. Hi, I'm Chris Irving, Chief Experience Officer and Co-Founder here at Merge. We're talking today to Dr. Jeffrey Senfield and Kara Shafe, RN from Upstate Cardiology, to share insight on the professional journeys and how their efficient teamwork in the clinic impacts overall care delivery. So um, super excited to be here today. I think what's unique about today's call is that um, we can explore the relationship between you, Kara, and you, Dr. Senfield, about the team dynamic between an RN and an EP. And so um, thank you both for being here. Thanks for having us. So first question is, uh, can you both share a little bit about your journey and where you are today? I guess I'll start since uh, <laughs> you gave me the opportunity to do so, Kara. So um, my journey is I, I grew up, uh, if we want to go that back that far, um, around Buffalo, New York. You know, parents and everyone was from there. And my my parents had grown up in, in that region as well. Um, did most of my education in Western New York near Buffalo. Um, went to a small college called Geneseo, which is part of the SUNY system. Then I went to uh, University at Buffalo and then for my medical school and then uh, wanted to warm up a little bit. So I decided. So I went to Virginia, which I thought was the real South. And I, I was mistaken because <laughs> then I went to Charleston and that was becoming more of the real South. And uh, I met my wife in Virginia um, and we have now three children and um, live a just fantastic life that and her and I share a lot of fun experiences together. And we were down here and uh, we got to know Greenville and the upstate of South Carolina through interviews and, and weekend trips and whatnot. And we really kind of fell in love with the region and the fact that it has, you know, it's got more of a three to four seasons uh, situation than let's say Charleston would. And, and uh, we, we enjoyed that, especially I, I enjoyed that from my upbringing um, to have a change in season and, and, and that type of thing. So we ended up finding this job here in Greenville and moved here and I moved here in about 2018. I briefly had a stint in Charlotte at a health system called Novant, um, but I've been very happy, uh, and we've been very happy here in Greenville. And but uh, I'll let Kara talk about her her background, and we can go from there. Interestingly enough, I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania, which is actually only about 40 minutes, maybe from well, 45 from where I grew up. Probably twice that distance, I'd okay. say. Probably about 90 miles. I mean, you might drive 180 miles an hour. I, don't know. I probably did. No. <laughs> so, um, but it, it was very close. Um, but same region, the north, right? It's cold. There's a lot of snow. <laughs> so grew up there, lived there my whole life and um, wanted to be a nurse, worked at, an, as a nurse for several years through a hospital system and um, ended up having children and um, wanted something better time-wise to get out of the hospital and started working at a, it's called the uh, UPMC, worked there um, was as the EP triage nurse for a few years. And then um, one of the EPs had asked if I would learn how to do devices. And this was, by the way, a long time ago. This was like 2006, 2007, quite some time ago when device clinics at that point were typically rep run clinics. So they didn't really have a lot of nurses at the time. So I think it was actually fairly progressive at the time, um, but then just learned with reps and, you know, kind of just learned devices that way, um, loved it. And we ended up, kind of same scenario, we, our kids went to college and we wanted to move to an area for, for them as much as us. And, you know, we miss Erie, but it's nice to be here. It's obviously better weather and 
you know, we like the area, friends in the area, family in the area. So that's my journey. Was it, I'll interject real quick. Sorry to interrupt. And I'll say one of the best days of my work life was the day Kara got hired here because she instantly made my life a lot more manageable. And, and we are very, very lucky to, to have Kara. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. As we've seen uh, across the nation here in a bunch of different clinics, the stronger I think the relationship is really between uh, the staff and the EP, the, the happier people are, the more successful the practice is. It speaks volumes, uh, the health of that relationship and the health of the clinic. So what, uh, kind of exploring this dynamic between you two, can you kind of describe the process that forms? So uh, you referred very affectionately, Jeff, to uh, when you first saw her and it was rainbows and unicorns, but <laughs> this kinda, how did this kind of develop into what it is today? Um, and, and then also, why is it important and kind of how do you feel it enhances uh, the patient care that you're able to deliver? Well, I think... Up until Kara came, I mean, it was basically some pretty well-trained and, and highly skilled um, technicians that ran the clinic, but it was a lot of work on my end because there wasn't a nurse or someone more clinical in the device clinic. I was seeing a lot of patient wound checks and doing a lot of things that was taking me away from my day. And I mean, I, have a, I ran a busy practice and I mean, uh, obviously some physicians are even much busier than I am, but when you're seeing 30 some odd patients a day, plus all these other patients that you'd have to see in the device clinic, that made it very challenging. And, and Kara just completely changed that dynamic when she came because she is very independent. She, she understands a lot of things. Um, and, and frankly, I don't think we were probably running our clinic the way that we probably should have. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure every device clinic does it differently, but you know, she's just immediately became so impactful to me. And, and she does things, I ask her to do things probably that are even beyond her scope and in, in, in her realm, but she's just such a amazing clinician that uh, it's, it's been just a complete boon to, to my ability to care for these patients, because believe me, if it wasn't for her, I, I don't know how um, I would effectively deliver this care. Um, it's, uh, it's in her name, care, Kara. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Well, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been great. And thankfully, uh, you know, even since she's been here, we've been able to go back and reevaluate how we run our device clinic, reevaluate how we do things. And we've made good hires to kind of further advance it. So I feel like care has been that person that allowed us to really bring our device clinic into what I believe a modern, highly functioning device clinic should be. Yeah, well said. So, Kara, uh, do you do you share that sentiment? I do, and both of the EPs are wonderful, you know, and they're great to work with. Which is, which is, to be honest with you, that's what makes it so much easier for me to do what I want to do. It's true. I think all clinics are different, and there are a lot of clinics that run very successfully with maybe just technicians. But when you don't have that clinical person, it makes it tough, you know, because you can't just I think just checking a device in a patient is great, but you really need to check the patient. You know, ultimately you're checking a device in a patient. So you've got to think of the whole scope of the patient, the medications they're on, you know, what their complaints are, you know, so you, you definitely, um, I think a nursing mind is a little bit different, I think, than a technic technical mind. Oh, maybe. definitely, definitely. Um, so, and I, where I came from, it was a nurse run clinic, which I think, I think is, you know, in my mind at least, a little bit better for clinics. 
to at least have somebody, you know, to help with the EP. I mean, because especially too, I mean, the EP there, it's crazy here. I mean, you're, you know, they're seeing 30, 35 patients a day. You need more help. You need more, you know, clinical help to help with the patients. Absolutely. And just to dovetail with what you were saying, when I came here, um, you know, I've had my experiences in fellowship at the Medical University of South Carolina, and I had some experience in Charlotte and saw how they did it. Um, but when I when I did come here, you know, I think we were very reactionary before you came in our device clinic. So I just loved how we became more consistent. And, you know, we kind of took the, you know, a little bit more of the lead in the EP device clinic. And now I consider it an EP device clinic, not just a general cardiology offshoot clinic. Um, you know, and I, I think because to do this the right way, I, I think it really needs to be run by, you know, the electrophysiology team. And, and the only way to do this is to have a team with a set of rules, um, you know, which is, you know, the way that we can deliver highly effective care. Yeah, and I think that's so important. Um, time and time again, we see this, that clinics get kind of distracted by these fringe cases, as we call them, and, and they create protocols trying to accommodate these fringe cases when really you kind of need to make this baseline protocol and kind of build up from that, that hopefully can accommodate these fringe cases or you take them one off, but it's really easy to kind of get distracted by those. So it's great to see you guys have moved past that and kind of work together to kind of standardize a workflow and then kind of build up from there. Carrie, you said something that was really interesting about a nurse's mind and a physician's mind work very differently. Um, you probably have different things you look for, or um, you're, I'm sure your days are very different. But when you're looking at a patient with like a CID device, let's say that that's transmitting, can you kind of, um, maybe you can both answer this a little bit, but what is the difference? Like, what's your mind looking at versus Jeff's mind, maybe? Hmm. Yeah, well, that's that's a good question. <laughs> what what is your mind looking at? I know, right? <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I, I think nurses in general just it's, you know, I, we do we ultimately have more time though to talk with the patients, you know, really listen to their symptoms, you know, we do. We just ultimately are going to have more time to be able to do teaching, right, and all that kind of stuff that um, physicians don't have that time. And they need, that's why you need those, you know, clinical people, good clinical people behind you, whether it's a nurse practitioner, you know, nurse or, you know, anybody that can help um, kind of facilitate, you know, what the patient's saying and what you're seeing, right? It's not necessarily just looking at data. Okay, this is, you know, for instance, a patient transmits, right? And I'm seeing a lot of ET, a lot of non-sustained. I mean, ultimately, my first thing is call the patient, are you taking your amiodarone? Did you miss it? You know, what, you know, what are you doing? What's different with you? What's going on with you? And then from there, you know, kind of pulling that clinical data and provide it to the physician and say, Hey, listen, this is what's going on. I talked to them. And then rather than just kind of just looking at VT and saying, doubling their amio, maybe they don't need to do that. Maybe there's something else going on. You know, I think that's our job is to figure that out and to at least help the physician to guide like the right way for the patient. And you absolutely do that every time, Kara, to your credit. And you know what? Uh, the difference between getting a message from certain folks about a clinical issue and you is just so, so different and so much. It's just, I'm so thankful for you in that way. And the fact that you synthesize the data, you, you, you figure out what the patient's problem is, 
and you do a drill list of what you think we need to do. And, you know, 99 times out of 100, your recommendation is what I'm going to go with. But you learn that through, you know, time spent with each other and, and learning, mm-hmm. you know, your um, what what you become consistent with and, and what you feed off each other um, by doing. And uh, again, I think we I brought this up earlier in our talk that those are the things you need to be highly effective. And I'll also say, I mean, sure, I get in, everyone gets stuck in that patient room when they have a device question or something related to it. And they, you know, the patients are having a lot of questions and I don't mean to be curt with patients. I never do. I try to be as thoughtful as I can, but sometimes it is just so beneficial to have you come down and then we can kind of, I can kind of hand you off to them and and you can finish the education piece of it. Um, But those are the ways that we can work together to to deliver care, you know, and to get through these days that are very busy. Yeah, I love that. It sounds like it's a very healthy relationship. And and two things I haven't heard either of you say, but it just kind of comes out in the way you talk about each other is trust and respect. And Mm -hmm. it sounds like uh, you both trust each other and respect each other a lot. And I think that that serves itself a lot to not having to worry about what the other one's doing or uh, you kind of already know. Because my follow-up question was going to be, is there anything new, maybe, Jeff, that you learned about the way Kara thinks of things or or Kara, is there something that you learned about the way Jeff thinks of things? But you both have already kind of answered each other's side of things organically and seem pretty in, in tune with what the other is doing. You know, just to state what I've learned from Kara, I mean, I, I think Kara, to her credit, I mean, she has incredible knowledge of, of the devices and the device algorithms. And I trained in a program that, you know, if I if I didn't have good knowledge of this, I think they would be quite upset with me. Um, but I, I trained in a program with Michael Gold, who, you know, has, you know, a brilliant mind when it comes to devices. And a lot of the algorithms that exist today were, you know, in part due to him or in a, in a lot of ways due to his um it's thinking through through these clinical scenarios with these devices. But Kara, you know, you know, I feel extremely comfortable. And there's a lot of programming things that she does that go unspoken that, you know, can improve patient outcomes. I know for specifically talking about Medtronic devices, we have a huge amount of AFib patients in our practice. Um, not that everyone else doesn't, but it just seems like every other patient is, a, is an AFib patient. And, you know, some algorithms like reactive ATP, I mean, I don't have to sit here and worry about it being off or not being available. She just kind of knows what to do there. And, and that's where that trust factor can really settle in and, and allow for, for that uh, blossoming of that, of that relationship to help our patients. There was uh, something I wanted to touch on too with you, Jeff, uh, because I think you both referenced in-office checks when you're talking about um, maybe triaging data or, or handing it off, or it's, it certainly felt that way when you were talking about seeing patients, Jeff. Is there anything different that you, uh, looking at the dockets within Merge or the reports that you review, is there anything different you consider or is there a different process that goes through your head while you're looking at a, a patient in clinic versus maybe a remote report that you're looking at? It's a good question. I think um, the one thing I will say that's fun about this talk, right, is this is a talk that Merge is a big component of why we're here, but yet we haven't even gotten into Merge a lot yet because we've been talking about this relationship. And the first thing I'll say is I talked about how I'm successful because Kara's here and, and, and I hope vice versa, but the step and the ability to have grown and to be really where we need to be in 2023 has been the ability for us to get merged. And, and I'll get into how the dockets and comparing, you know, and, and 
in-face visits versus remotes and all that. And I'll answer that in a second. But we were in a clinic where we didn't know how many patients we had that had devices until we got merch. And I mean, Kara was spinning her wheels. She is incredibly smart, incredibly dedicated, working with people that are also um, very good at their job. And, you know, we were spinning our wheels every day because we would just get these, these, you know, printouts of this information and, and we try to get them put into the computer in time for the physicians to see. And it was just very hard. I mean, we've already found about 200 patients that we might have not even known were part of our health system because of merge. And, you know, I, I feel a little bit bad admitting that, you know, on a, on an interview, but that's, that's, I mean, I'm sure it's not different for others that, that have seen this technology go and comparing inverse in, in, in face versus dockets. I mean, there's, there's nothing better than when you're seeing a patient face to face to really know what the clinical problem is, right? You know, you're, you have, you can see them face to face, ask the questions and do that. But what I appreciate about the dockets and, and even remotes and um, from a merge standpoint is the fact that it, you can open the docket and you can immediately go right to what the clinical problem is, what the arrhythmia is. And again, I use that word synthesize. It's just you can synthesize the information so much quicker. I mean, before we got merge, it would be a process where you'd have to print out a report, you know, look at it, put the bill code down, if we even were able to do that. And put it back, you know, and, and and put it through their copying machine, and then put it back into Epic. So we're saving five to ten minutes per patient in a clinic where we have forty five hundred patients, and multiply that by four. That's how many minutes we're saving with Merge. And what that time gives us is more time with our patients, and more more time to deliver excellent care to these patients that they deserve. Right, and I think too helping us find, you know, whether it be new AFib, VT, lead issues. Obviously, it helps tremendously with tracking patients and billing, you know, but ultimately it's, it's, you know, helping to treat the patients too. You know, we have a lot of Biotronic patients. And so Biotronic runs a little bit differently than some of the other companies. And I will say Merge has helped tremendously helping us with those patients, kind of like those lost patients kind of out there in the Biotronic website world. So that's really helped quite a bit. Yeah. And, and thanks for that that feedback on on merge so as chief experience officer you know it, it, the experience starts when you log in and and ends when you log out and it actually continues through anybody you have an interaction with so customer service maybe your sales team but you know back in the beginning we looked at this this problem uh in in this industry and and it just lacked a workflow and and we saw a bunch of clinicians spending their time entering charges or dealing with billing or printing stuff out. And they, and very little of their time percentage-wise was actually uh, in clinical care or bedside manner or, or dealing with the patients. And so uh, we had to tease out a bunch of that stuff and, and so that uh, we can offload that and allow the clinician to, to really kind of focus and triage and get through these transmissions. And uh, I appreciate what you said, Jeff, about the docket, because we always want to try to promote that good data so that you don't have to click in two or three times that you can see it right there in front of your face every time. And, and I love the feedback that we get from users like yourselves, because uh, we, we always use this to continually iterate on our product and, and make it better. So tell us about this merge journey, if, if you would. Uh, when did it start? Uh, who's taking credit for it on the call? Um, and and how's, it, how's it gone so far? And how has it kind of impacted um, your day-to-day -day in the clinic? I think um, we've both really championed yeah. merge. Um, I have 
several colleagues and friends, um, especially across the Southeast, um, folks that I trained with or folks that I got to know that have had Merge. And uh, when we sat down and we were trying to figure out ways to improve our clinic workflow, we, you know, like any, any good business person would do, we looked at the options out there and uh, we knew that we could take care of good care of patients and, and do the work on our end. We just needed a, um, a tool that allowed us to, to get through the data more efficiently. And so uh, Merge kind of came to the forefront as, as a company that we really wanted to get involved with. And it, and it was an extremely long process um, for us and not, not, nothing against at all your company. It's just we're in a, in a healthcare environment, healthcare system where, you know, decisions take a long time. There's a lot of board review meetings and a lot of, of um, machination of things to get through to, to get something that you desire. But you know, you can talk about a death by a thousand cuts and, you know, I think we made it to cut 900, 998 <laughs> or something like that. Right. Um, but I, I do believe that we cared so much about this tool for our patients that we allowed us to get cut that many times by administrators and, and others. Um, I use that euphemistically um, that, that, you know, we, we, we kept on it and, and to not my credit, because Kara is really the one who sent the emails and really championed this um, as much as she possibly could, that we finally got uh, got Merge. And then what I'm thankful for is not only did we get it, but because of all the work that Kara put in, we the, the administration team up in Cincinnati, to their credit, because they, 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 they came through and did a good job for us at the end, they already knew so much about how Merge benefited us and, and the process we went through. Um, when they went through and um, were going um, through their process, uh, it was easy for them to decide on merge for the rest of the healthcare system. And uh, they allowed us to kind of lead that charge. So um, I'm very thankful for Kara in that way. And, and uh, the impact of merge since we've had it since, you know, probably June, July, July. of last year has been nothing short of just a game changer in, in our office. So it sounds like Merge has definitely helped you on your day-to-day -day workflow. And, oh, absolutely. And I, I think the two experiences are very different in Merge for, uh, for a provider and for somebody that's triaging transmissions. So how has that kind of changed as far as documenting, tracking dates of services, uh, adding discrete clinical data? Can you kind of walk us through yeah. your well, data? I think at first it was kind of like, a, it was hard for me to get out of that brain of like, okay, they're due on this 91st day and I, they need to transmit on this particular day. And, but I, I caught on, I'm like, well, that actually makes sense. Like, you know, we're monitoring these people for an entire 91 day period. You know, we don't need, a, you know, a transmission on 92 and then setting up the intervals and kind of doing all that, which really ultimately I, I didn't find it very difficult. I mean, you know, I came from the world of PaceArt, but, you know, that was manual data. I mean, you were manually entering names and dates of birth and even advisories. You know, the Merge advisory has been amazing. You know, I can just go and any patient comes into the clinic, you just flip through and boom, you know, you know exactly what you're monitoring for, which is ideal, you know, so you're, you're not going to miss something. But I will say the idea to go back in time when you can play uh red light, green light, yellow light, as we did when we were three or four or five years old with what you see on the physician end, is oh. spectacular. <laughs> yes. um, right. You know, the fact that we can triage our patients, you know, if, you, if there's a red docket and a yellow docket, I ensure that I thoroughly go through all of those. But 
I've learned real quickly. I mean, you know, some patients I'm looking out for more than others, but, uh, you know, to be able to get through patients and, and sign off on these charts at a much more rapid pace than I used to be able to do is, is incredible. I mean, I have three young children at home. The old way we did it, I'd have to open up a hyperlink to each patient chart that came through with a device um, on Epic. And that would take me about an hour to an hour and a half every night when I'd had, because I have about 45, 50 patients a day. And then a lot of times we were sharing our pacemaker patients with the general cardiologist. So they would look at it. I would look at it. It was just a very, very old kind of just difficult way to do it. Um, I instantly save an hour of time off my day each day to be able to spend at home with my family and, and not signing off these charts. And for me, that that is just amazing. There you go. Merge is building stronger family relationships. marriages. <laughs> <laughs> I can go and coach my daughter's <laughs> soccer team and not worry about setting off patient charts at 11 yeah. o'clock at night. That's fantastic. Uh, and, and you mentioned uh, death by a thousand cuts. I, I think a lot of times um, we see this again over and over is that people get so entrenched uh, in their workflow and are used to applying band-aids on top of problems that uh, until maybe a another solution comes along, they don't know how much work they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis just to try to get through uh, the mountain of data that they have to look at. Um, and, and as a Bills fan, you're probably really used to death by a thousand cuts, but um, <laughs> it's nice sometimes to be able to step back. And, and I think we're off by a log logarithmic scale there. It's more like 10,000 <laughs> to maybe a million. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt at each one of those. And it, it's more than just a, a small paper cut. It's a, it's a wound's a little bit bigger than that. Yeah, sorry. Shout out to Gunner. He said I had to. I had to tease you about the bills. <laughs> <It's> totally. <laughs> so, what recommendations would you give to um, to clinics or, or people that are coming up uh, that are working to achieve high patient satisfaction and care delivery? They need to make sure they're you know following the, what Merge is telling you to do. Follow the guidelines of of what they're explaining to you and how to how to use it. Because you get so much out of it if you use it the right way, you know, um, I think that would be my best. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think that, I mean, although that's, you know, somewhat of a, you know, easy answer, right? But I think that in many things in life, you follow the rules, good things will come. I think a lot of times people try to make up their own ideas and how to do things and, and how to organize their, their patients and workflows, et cetera. But I think you guys have spent the time and you know the billing coding information and you've you've sat down and you understand the Medicare coding laws and everything. And you know, we trust you to do that. And I think that's how you become successful. I think it's when you try to make things up your own way that you might create more pitfalls than than are needed. We're driving towards um integration with Epic. There that's kind of our next step. I think it's still kind of somewhere in the administrative chain somewhere, you know, but that's kind of our next goal is for integration. It will definitely help speed things along on the billing side. So you've been working together over, over the years and, um, and I, I'm kind of wondering how have you seen this industry change in the, in the time that you've been working together, um, it, you know, before merge, maybe with merge, and then how you see it kind of developing into the future, because, uh, there, there's no shortage of data coming down the pipe. There's no shortage of complexity of devices. Uh, more complexity, more data leads to more time spent uh, in, in these things and maybe less time communicating. But if you can kind of walk me through how you've seen 
this change over the past, you know, four or five years, uh, and then what you kind of think like it's going to be here in the next four or five years? Well, I think number one with merge, we're set up for the future. Um, because if we continue to do it the way we were doing it, Kara and I talked about it all, all the time, we would cease to have a clinic in a, in, a, in a year or two because we just couldn't keep up with the amount of information. I think in the era of ILR monitors and as we potentially add in other things such as, you know, the monitor, you know, a regular telemetry Holter monitor that may become something, a part of merge in the future. I just think there's going to be a lot more information and I, and you can see that change. I mean, five, 10 years ago, you had a pacemaker and ICD, you made sure that the thresholds were good, right? You made sure the impedances were stable and the leads were functioning effectively well and the patient wasn't shocked, you know, among other things, but there's just so much more data that you can derive from these devices. And you look at the lifespan of a patient and you look at what patients are being added to your system and then what patients are being taken away from your system. And I think we're a net positive every day with patients being added to, you know, who we're following in our office. And because of that, without a way to be able to see this information, I, I just think we would drown in, in this information and never use it effectively. So it allows for the forest for the trees effect to really come into light where you're actually seeing what are the clinical problems and what clinical problems can we derive from these devices and actually use that as clinical information to help our patients. And, you know, where you know, if we're not drowning, the patients aren't drowning. Yeah, good point. Um, Kara, as somebody that, that, that is on the front line of having to triage this data and manage it, mm -hmm. um, how would you say how it's changed maybe to have an all-in-one? And then are you constantly having to train your staff on, you know, uh, mobile app, remote programming, all this new stuff? Coming right, in? yeah. And, and, and we do. And it's, you know, obviously, we're kind of the front line with the patients, you know, the companies kind of device gets put in, they're like, here, here's your app on your phone. Well, yeah. you know, from there though, it's up to the, the clinic that's going to get the phone calls. And, and I will say we have every company here. I mean, we have, we're very heavy bio, a large amount of St. Jude's implant Medtronics in Boston. So we have everything, you know? Well, and you know, another point I was just thinking about, there are newer ideas out there, newer devices. You know, you think about companies such as Impulse Dynamics, CCM, you think about CBRX, and we aren't necessarily doing those technologies at this moment, but I anticipate that we will be in the near future. That's just another subset of devices that will probably be needed to be monitored yeah. by a device clinic right. that we're set up to, to do um, well with. Um, I just think that we don't know where we're going, and I think that the, the technology is going to consistently change, and we're going to probably see even more device types going in the next five to 10 years and beyond. And I just really don't know how one would survive synthesizing this information without a um, platform such as Merge. Oh, you know, one other point I was thinking about, this is kudos to you, Kara, going back to a, the initial part of our conversation. I think best way to demonstrate how important Kara is and how respected she is in our clinic. So we have um, Kara plus three other device technicians in our office, which, you know, for the amount of work we do, I mean, the fact that we, you know, you guys are able to do that amount of work is nothing short of incredible. But so one of the female technicians in our office went through a training school to, to become this technician. She got there. She's doing an excellent job. But because she loved what Kara was doing so much, this is a person who's going back to nursing school just to become Kara. She wants to be able to not only 
be good at you know synthesizing and doing everything with the information that a really good device technician should do but she also just really appreciated what Kara provided to our patients and she, patients and she wants to become that too I think that's a great testament to you Kara yeah that's actually true Ed. yeah she's awesome and you know she was great at being a technician but it's true she just was like I'm going to do what you do and I was like okay so she's going back to nursing school, which is awesome for her. I mean, this is a person who's making a probably, you know, you know, making a salary and doing 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 well in life. And she yeah. she's going to have to go back to do some intensive nursing school training just because of your influence on her. I think that is the ultimate sign of respect um, right there. And I think that will help us, too, because, you know, again, medically, I think these devices, because they're becoming more advanced and there's a lot more clinical data coming from them, you do need you know, I think you do need that clinical staff, that clinical mind, you know, to help with the physicians to pull that data and then be able to talk to the patients, not just pull the data and give it to the doctor, pull the data, look at it, assess it, talk to the patient, figure out what's going on, figure out what's relevant, what's not relevant to be able to make a good decision. And I think it's allowing you time, right. To be able to make that decision, whether you're triaging or you're reviewing the docket, Um, and it's our goal to make sure that you're not underwater so that you can focus on those important things. And, and, and we view it definitely as a partnership between merge and the clinic to make that happen. So, uh, it, it involves, you know, not just a lot of communication between you two, but I think a lot of communication between merge and your clinic, um, on how things are going and, and keeping up with, uh, your pain points maybe, or where we can help you or where we can improve upon our product. Um, but just looking at it, at it right now, it looks like you guys kind of launched with us back in fall of 2022, um, just under 4,000 patients being managed remotely, and you're already at a, at a compliance score of 85%, which is pretty fantastic. I love seeing these kind of numbers and this kind of progress at a clinic because uh, really it means that you're able to manage more patients more frequently, and and we're doing the tracking on the requirements so that you can kind of focus on that clinical work. Yep, absolutely. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this continues to evolve as we get into, you know, remote patient monitoring and all these different devices out there that are sending data out. Uh, Jeff, I don't know if you if you're burdened with um, people sending you PDFs from Apple Watches. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. um, the burden <laughs> is growing on a day-to-day basis. Yeah but it's just so much more information out there. And, and I think overall information is a good thing. If you listen to podcasts with some of the, you know, Mayo Clinic docs or other people at, you know, well-respected institutions, those conversations are being had and the wearables are a good thing. They're bringing more patients to us. They're, they're, you know, patients are diagnosing atrial fibrillation more and other arrhythmias that in essence will help prevent further strokes and and other um, clinical outcomes that are, not ideal and uh, to get them treated earlier. It's just a lot of information to synthesize. It is. And you're kind of fighting a a consumer um, marketing campaign that's like, hey, send all this data to your doctor. Um, But it it doesn't really address what you all need to do and the burden that it puts on you to look at it. Yeah. And there's no doubt there's this wearable anarchy out there, right? Uh, You know, and of how we deal with all this information. But I think we'll continue to develop guidelines on how to deal with this. But I think as we talked, touched on earlier about setting rules for the practice, I think it's important to set rules for things such as these wearables for our patients. And like we already mentioned, this is continuing to evolve, but it's certainly not going away. 
I can continue this conversation honestly for another two hours because there's so much on <laughs> your brains about. But now it's it's time for rapid fire in the podcast, and this is a new section of our podcast where we'll end with speed questions meant to be answered in one word or a sentence. Okay. Okay. Are you all ready? Yes. We are. Let's do it. Um, all right. So, favorite part of your career? The patience. Uh, learning and growing. What advice do you have for someone looking at becoming a physician or RN in the space and are not sure if they would want to pursue it? Gain some experience. Go and uh, shadow people who do this on a day-to-day -day basis. For nurses, I think this is a great opportunity. You get patient care, but you also get a nice technical component. And then something you know now in your career that you wish you knew before. I wish... They would have told me how much bureaucracy is involved with this <laughs> and all the things that take you away from the patient care that I like to deliver. I'll, I'll second that. It's not always a business. Ah, that's a very powerful statement right there, Kara. That's a whole nother podcast. It's not always a business, right? And, and it's, it's hard to, uh, everybody has a different point of view towards patient care. All right. So, so Jeff, maybe your answer here would be water boy for the bills, but what would you be doing if you weren't working in healthcare? You know, what would I be doing? I don't have a rapid fire answer to this uh, complex sure. question. I'd be a teacher. Yeah, fair enough. I like to teach. <laughs> I would, I'd be something, doing yeah. something like that. I, I also enjoy science. So maybe I'd be a, a science teacher of some sort. There you go. Okay. Maybe you'd both be teaching together. You could be the, the principal, Kara, and, and Jeff would be the teacher. Oh, there you go. Uh, well, Jeff and Kara, thank you both for being here. It's been a, a, honestly a pleasure talking to you, and I appreciate all the insight you can provide and, and certainly appreciate the relationship you both have. Great. And thanks to you, Chris. Yes, thank you. Uh, thanks for everything you and um, all the hardworking people at Merge have uh, given us. And uh, I look forward to uh, working with you for many years to come. Thanks for tuning into The Pulse. For more information about Merge and how to improve your cardiac device management, visit Merge.com.